So the new technology always been a great way for us to adapt to the new generations as well. And with the NFTs, like we've seen that we were actually reaching a very new audience from the crypto world, from the tech world, and also a younger audience. Like our buyers are 10 years younger than in our traditional sales. NFTs. The word itself can bring up a host of feelings. Excitement, confusion, anger, curiosity. Maybe more confusion. Today, we're diving into the world of NFTs and art to try to understand one of the most promising ways these digital goods are being bought and sold. You're listening to Business Extra, coming from The National in Abu Dhabi. I'm your host, Kelsey Warner. Okay, first up, some basic definitions. NFTs are non-fungible tokens. Non-fungible means the thing is unique and cannot be replaced by something else. A dollar or dirham is fungible. You can trade a dollar for another dollar, a dirham for a dirham. NFTs can really be anything that can exist as a digital file, like a song, an image, or even the sequence of your DNA. But an NFT is inherently unique and irreplaceable, i.e. non-fungible. You can't trade one for another and get the same thing. But that's not to say an NFT is super unique or super irreplaceable. I could buy an identical image of something that has been numbered, and the seller could distribute an infinite number of that image. Still. Each NFT is a unique token on the blockchain, so each one of those images will have a unique record. NFTs being supported by the blockchain has not meant this whole thing hasn't been without a massive amount of spam, phishing scams, and theft. The blockchain does not mean NFTs are a perfect system. Indeed, a recent Wall Street Journal op-ed dubbed NFTs a multi-level marketing scheme for a new generation. So far, Much of NFT activity has been around using the tech to sell digital art. So to understand this marketplace and to separate out some of this multi-level marketing from the real deal, we spoke to Sotheby's deputy director and head of digital, Michael Buhana. Here it is. Michael, I'm so excited to be talking to you. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for having me. So first off, I just want to get us acquainted with digital art. It goes beyond JPEGs and pixels, of course. But you kind of have a front row seat to what makes digital art exciting these days. So can you just give us a sense of the digital art scene, what you're seeing, and what makes this an exciting space to be in right now? Yes, it is a fascinating space. And like actually, when we talk about digital art, it's actually something that exists for decades. Like it started first with very early computer uh, artists back in 1960s. And then we've mainly experienced digital art in uh, institutions, in museums, etc. And it's true that we used, like in our sales, uh, in at Sotheby's, in our contemporary art sale, to sell some digital art. But it was like very niche. It's a very small market and not very scalable for the market sometimes because difficult to collect. And it's true that this uh, new technology, the blockchain technology now enables with the NFTs to sell and market digital art in its native state. So suddenly there are like a revival and a great number of artists coming in the market, very talented and like that we can already see like some different movements, etc. And so it's very exciting uh, navigating into this new space. When we think about experiencing digital art, is it just, you know, perceiving things on a screen? Can it be three-dimensional? What sort of ways are you experiencing digital art right now? There are many different ways. Like we, there, 
like it depends also of the movement. Sometimes it's like very conceptual uh, art that used the te- the blockchain technology and everything that enables the blockchain technology to create a very conceptual and an idea behind the work. And there is also like digital art that is like some JPEGs or MP4. This is like a, some creation of visuals and they can be like displayed like in some screens at home, etc. or like just on a like just keep the the nft and the work on your smartphone and you have the pleasure of owning it and there is also uh, like a a lot of this a lot of collectors in this audience are also like very comfortable in enjoying and displaying the works in the metaverse so that's when it becomes quite interesting because there is a, a whole economy happening in some uh, metaverse um, platforms like decentraland sandbox etc and we have some collectors some clients who have some galleries and spaces there where they display their works so galleries are in the virtual world stuff we're carrying around on our smartphones so i want to dig in a little bit to the intersection of this digital art you're seeing and NFTs. You spoke a little bit to blockchain technology, but where are you seeing the intersection of digital art and NFTs right now? Yeah, I think there are different sections for sure. And like the NFTs became suddenly popular, but it has actually some roots from the gaming industry and from the crypto world uh, because it actually was invented first. Like the concept of selling a digital file and keeping it and using the blockchain technology is something that was first mentioned in uh, 2014-ish. And it became uh, popular, but in a very niche market, in a very niche uh, audience, which is more like the gaming and crypto audience. And progressively, it became picked up by some digital artists to use it actually to as a tool, actually, to sell their uh, digital works. And then suddenly, in around 2020, they've been minting their creations. And obviously, their first audience was then these clients, this audience, and from this, the collectors in the gaming industry. And progressively, it became more uh, popular uh, and, uh, and turned into a more wider audience. And suddenly, we see now the NFTs being the center of like many discussions. So... Sotheby's is an institution that's been around since 1744. What are you doing selling NFTs in 2022? That's what like where it becomes very interesting for us. It's we've been very good in adapting to the market, in innovating when we had to during the pandemic, when we had to turn ourselves to fully online and so the new technology always been a great way for us to adapt to the new generations as well. And with the NFTs, like we've seen that we were actually reaching a very new audience from the crypto world, from the tech world, and also a younger audience. Like our buyers are 10 years younger than in our traditional sales. Like the buyers for NFTs are 10 years younger. And so for us, it was uh, extremely interesting to rethink from the sourcing to the selling, going like to the marketing and how to display them, like how we best reach this new audience while being sort of an NFT native, but keeping our expertise and our uh, understanding of uh, of the market and also keeping the core of our business, which is bringing into the market some very unique and very rare digital objects. Then It sounds like you were really just keeping up with consumer trends, consumer preferences, and that younger audiences are perhaps losing a taste for classic cars, uh, iconic jewelry, the sorts of things that you're famous for bringing to auction. But what are you seeing in terms of collectors' trends and preferences specifically in the NFT space? Are there actual trends emerging or is just the trend 
digital art NFTs? Are we starting to, to, to find a taste? Yes, there are different categories of collectors. There are some collectors who are very interested and in looking at like historic and very early NFTs from 2017, like the CryptoPunks, 2018, where back then it was more like artists were minting NFTs, even like uh, in a very experimental way. So it's very rare to find some uh, very early NFTs. And some collectors are very attracted by trying to find a very rare NFTs from these early uh, years. And then there are different categories of collectors who are looking more at the avatar project or like some NFT project that are released in a very large edition, like for example, 10 Tadans edition, where each item is actually very unique, but from part of a, a larger collection. And there is a scarcity that plays trying to find the, the rarest or one that has special traits. And so some collectors are also very interested in, in this kind of market gamification. And there is, again, like in the last category, I'd say, who are very more looking into the one-ones and like from digital artists who are creating some very unique works. And sometimes there is a more, like they are more interested in uh, like the art and they, they are more inclined in displaying the art at home on like display devices, etc. When you think about security in this space, it feels like headlines wise, we're seeing kind of more and more bad press for NFTs these days. OpenSea, which is the world's biggest marketplace by volume for these sorts of digital tokens, said that over 80% of its marketplace was either plagiarized, you know, fake or spam. That's a, it's a terrible reputation that NFTs are sort of defining themselves by, even though they're meant to be so secure, so immutable, so unique and irreplaceable. So from your side, how are you authenticating? How are you ensuring security? You have a big responsibility there. Yes, for sure. And I think it's very important that this issue is raised. And it's at the end, it comes to educating the collectors to how to do the first due diligence. At the end, it's true that there are like, um, I don't know where this number of 80% comes from, but there are like uh, what we could call some copy of other projects on OpenSea, etc. But when you have... Um, even someone who's not like a blockchain expert, a tech expert, etc., can in one click distinguish the real to the fake. So it's true that in a period where there is a, a tremendous growth of new users coming into the space and buying NFTs, it's very important that they get first educated or advised on how to do these first uh, due diligence steps. And for us, it's like we are very well advised by some tech experts, etc. But at the end, like it's very safe like and very uh, easy to check the authenticity of a work because it's everything is on the blockchain and you can retrace uh, very easily the artist um, checking that the artist is well the creator of this NFT and the same way we can check all the provenance, etc. So it's really just like a education, basic education to have in terms of security and the same for how to secure your wallet, making sure you don't get hacked, etc. It's exactly like learning how to safely hang a very valuable painting at home you require an alarm you require like some like some basic uh, like minimum standard of security that is also important for the nfts i like that comparison so the 80% actually did come from opensea's own admission they said last month that 80% from from their own findings internally but 
I want to move on to the UAE and Saudi Arabia as sort of early adopters in this space. I just am seeing a ton of activity in Dubai these days, but also Sotheby's is mounting its own forum in Saudi Arabia later this week. So I wanted to ask you, what are you seeing in this region and why? I think it's very exciting and I'm not surprised that it happens in the in this region and we've seen already like since we are in this space we have some collectors who are nft collectors who are based there and some artists also very active in the nft space and obviously i think we are still like in a phase even like in europe in every in every region we are in a phase where the educational educational part is very important and key in getting to people understanding the nfts the movements as you said the security and so we are very, very honored to, to be invited in this region to organize some panels, very educational panels about NFTs and also exhibiting. We're going to exhibit 10 very important NFTs, the way tracing the history of the NFTs as a medium and movement. And I think that also when it comes to the, this region, like creativity is at the heart of Saudi Arabia's future. And they are very ambitious. They have like very ambitious plan in this sector both in terms of grassroots initiatives and government support. They have, like, for 2030, they have for Vision and the Ministry of Culture has set out an ambitious roadmap for the cultural and artistic development of the country. And Digital Arts then has a big role to play in this. And also recently, uh, Saudi Arabia announced an investment worth of $6.4 billion in future technologies, including the metaverse. So it shows that they are also very inclined and willing to uh, develop this in new market. And they'll need some creative works to populate that metaverse, I would imagine, eventually. So when you think about education, you've highlighted that a bit. What are some of the sort of open questions that still exist for you in this brave new world we find ourselves in with NFTs and digital art? It's still a very early uh, medium, basically. And what's very interesting is that everyone in the space, by definition, very new and learned a lot from last year's uh, growth. So for us, like advising clients to purchase some NFTs, so we do focus on what we could call blue chip projects, projects that we believe will pass the test of time. But what will be interesting and the open question is like, how will the market and the art and the artists will look like in 10, 15 years when it's been only like one year that really the market took off. So there is an open question and then why we are also very, very cautious and we do sell a very limited number of NFTs when you think that we just sold about 100 NFTs last year when there have been millions of sales of NFTs on other marketplaces. So um, this is what will be interesting to see in the next uh, years. You're dipping your toe in. So the other question I wanted to ask is around cryptocurrency and NFTs and just the use of Bitcoin to pay for NFTs. Has Sotheby's gotten involved in any of that activity? Crypto, it's such a volatile space right now. The price fluctuations on crypto is out of control. And I don't want to confuse NFTs with cryptocurrencies. They're sort of, NFTs are underpinned by the blockchain on Ethereum. So there is that kind of, they're related, but they're not, they're not the same by any means. But has Sotheby's put any thought into using crypto to transact? I think we do accept cryptocurrencies as form of payments for all our uh, NFT sales. We've done it since the first sale and simply because the audience back then was way more composed by crypto players, crypto owners, etc. 
So we had to adapt to this new market and also let them pay in the crypto, in their preferred uh, cryptocurrency. But we've seen also with like some more like us and other like very important and bigger brands getting into this market. We've seen more um, clients and collectors, uh, not necessarily from the crypto world, starting to invest in NFTs and collect NFTs. And so actually now, like we have a bit less than 50% of our sales that are actually paid in crypto, which is quite interesting. And I think this dynamic, it will continue that way because we see a more like a wider, like a mass adoption of the NFTs and it will detach progressively, I think, from the crypto world. Mikhail, so fun to talk to you. Thank you so much. No, with pleasure. Thank you for having me. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe wherever you get your audio content. All that's left to do is thank our producers, Arthur Edison and Aisha Khan. Thank you for listening.